Buongiorno, Christopher. Buongiorno. Um, I just want to start the show off with something you just said on Twitter that really spoke to me, and that's EDM will rise again. <laughs> Let's not. I think that sets a good tone for this program. Yeah, the um, you know EDM is rising back again and to heal our troubled nation and world one uh, one gay anthem at a time. You posted. I mean, I, I said that as commentary because you, Chris Black, a known um, avoider of EDM and the and the and the dance arts. Dance uh, arts. Okay, <laughs> calm down. Uh, posted a song that is, uh, you know, by Romy, the the female vocalist and band member of the XX, known for making, you know, some uh, some slowed some slowed down indie rock, somber classic bops has now come out in a uh, you know a Robin esque type of song. That I really, I really quite. It was one of the only times you've posted a, a new song on social media that I happened to not fall asleep to. Bitch, that shit slaps, though. Honestly, it's a very, it's a very good song, and the the I'm I'm really into it. I know, I really like it. I'm and I, I was saying, I was saying in the group chat that uh, you know one of the only good things to come out of COVID musically was you know the XX choosing uh you know being like hey you know what we can just make some just make some house music while we're while we're waiting to see what happens we can explore other mm. sides of our artistic flavors that we may have not done if we were on an album cycle or touring a record or whatever it is they can you know they could do what is what is burning inside of their heart which is G- yeah create some just- bomb ass dance music um, you know, speaking of dance music, let's just let's bring it into the 20th century. Um, what would if if Donald Trump was an EDM artist and Joe Biden was an EDM artist because they're debating tonight? What would the verses be? Who would the verses be if if they were ED, like who who could you like what equate? like what is the what are the EDM equivalents, equivalents. of Donald Trump and Joe Biden? Chris, that is yeah. honestly. <laughs> I mean that's a question. I, I could do fifteen hundred words in Mixmag for that and get my Pulitzer. <laughs> Mixmag, bang our line. But honestly, because so, like I, I feel yeah, like- I mean so so for Trump, you need you need somebody who, you know, a, a blowhard, dumb dumb who you know it's all 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 show and no go. There's there's no substance. Yeah. There's no yeah. you know love of the game. Pure purely. Um, you know, he's in it for the cash. Dubious the intentions. Yes, yeah. behind the decks. So, you know, I guess it's going to have to be some type of like marshmallow type of scenario. Maybe, maybe a what about maybe a Kygo? Dead mouse. No, because dead dead mouse. Even though, are no, you guys d- friends? Uh, I am not friends with dead mouse. Um, we bad. have we have politicked before in the club, but. <laughs> But, we uh, have broke bread we, in the club together <laughs> once or twice. I yeah. wouldn't call him my boy. I have not. Okay. We we do not have a shared contact on on iOS fourteen. I will say that. But okay. So but so, you know he he he's a he's he loves the game. He's he's a he's a raver from from birth. Okay. He like he makes all of his music on like period correct analog gear. You know he he's he, he he's he, a real head. He's a real head. He loves the game despite you know appearances. So okay, so marshmallow would be a better Trump. 
Yeah, it would. Well, that's that's another thing because Marshmallow, I think, is probably also making his own music. So it kind of needs to be somebody who is known for using ghost producers. I mean, is it a is it a chain smoker? Maybe I don't I don't know who's who's ghost producing nowadays, but. It I could, thought it, they were all. I thought it was all fake. I thought the ED, big EDM was basically Halloween. <laughs> no, I mean you know my man Calvin Harris is is he's in the stew turning the knobs. So um, who would Joe who would Joe Biden be like Tiesto like an old head? Yeah, yeah. I think Tiesto <laughs> is 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 a perfect one. You know, it could be a little bit of that. It could be a little. Um, James Murphy, just in terms of age, you know, James Murphy is, you know, he's he's closer to fifty than he is thirty. He's, you know, he's he's only plays vinyl. He only mm. uses like vintage gear and samplers. He uses, you know, he wants to make sure that the the dance music is preserved with live instrumentation instead of bleep bloops from a laptop. Um, you know, uh, but he's not really, uh, you know, outspoken either way about things. He's not really old enough to be senile. He's probably a, a pretty sharp, so you, sharp so do you guy. Think even, even after doing all that Coke and playing all that vinyl, he can still hear better than Biden. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, I will say there's, there's a DJ that, uh, you know, it is a, it's a sad subject because this person just died, but there's a DJ named Eric Murillo. And uh, he just passed away like a month ago, um, but he was a known. Uh, apparently, like there's a, all these stories that coming out about him taking advantage of women and you know being a, a drug addict and an asshole. So he had he had a dark, dark past and ended up passing away from that. And everyone is just kind of like, oh, he's you know he sucked the whole time. Why didn't you guys see this? He was, you know, he has a, a long-standing sure. record of of abusing women. So maybe he, maybe he, would be the Trump of EDM. Oh, okay, yeah, R.I.P. to him, I guess. And so also, you know, I don't, you know, it is illegal to say, but you know, if if Trump ended up dying, I don't think anyone would really have too much of a problem with that. I'm not condoning that personally. I see, I, I see what you mean. Okay, well, I think that's a pretty good lineup for tonight. I think that this versus is going to be slapping. <laughs> yeah, this is no longer. A presidential debate. It is. It is a. It is a versus battle. I. You know, J- James Ellis, my public announcement partner, he suggested that we drug test these guys to see what they're on. Just hit them with a <laughs> yeah. hit them with a drug test to see what Gramps Gramps is on. And I think they're both on shit. You okay. Know, I think, well, I, think, I mean, we know that Trump takes you know some type of speed in some some form right that's what everyone kind of yeah, alleges trump, trump is trump is gacked out on some legal shit you yeah know there, I mean? there's like he, i forgot what what the name of the drug is but but and, and uh, it's a, the one that starts with a v that has replaced adderall okay yeah he he but, he's on that but there and then there's videos and all these photos of him blowing white snot rockets of powder and having residue on his lapel so he's he's we, he's crushing and snorting this shit um like a real one like I a mean, real one but but yeah i i who knows what what biden is well, on, yeah what is biden be? on biden i mean you know any, he's probably he's probably on mct oil and other like alpha <laughs> you know like brain focus energy stuff you know what i mean he, he's yeah he's, gone, he's he's gone off the ginkgo bilboa yeah yeah he's gone off the ginkgo bilboa and he's also <laughs> gone gone off of the like yerba mate you know what i mean i, I bet he's on some shit <laughs> 
But he's probably, he might, I mean, if I was having to debate Trump live on TV, I'd probably be gone off them Zans. You know what I mean? He'd just calm down. But he's already so calm, he might just fall asleep. Yeah, so yeah, I don't yeah. Know what- that's, that's kind of the problem is, you know, he's, he's Sleepy Joe, so he, he's the one who needs the, the Adderall snorting just so he can get some semblance of a pulse, whereas, whereas Trump needs to, you know, suck on a CBD gummy from, from TJ's cover, cum, cabinet uh, to bring him back down to planet Earth. That's that's dead ass true. That that really is true. That's a good idea. So, so these guys are going to debate. I think it's six. I think it's six p.m. Uh, PT tonight. So I'll be tuning in. That's right around my bedtime. But I'll be able to stay up for an <laughs> hour. I'll be able to stay up for an hour or so to watch my fellow grandpas. You know, be completely unhinged on national television. Are we? But I think this- do you know? How, are we able to live stream it online, or do we need? television oh i'm sure i'm i'm sure you zillennials can can stream it somewhere i'll be luckily i'm hardwired uh Mm -hmm. with spectrum cable over here at the (laughs) at the villa carlotta so i'm good to go um thank god well man you know i I might have to come over then okay yeah you're invited i guess um you know Mm -hmm. if you bring something I don't, I don't feel too welcome, but that's fine. Well, you're all, TJ. This is, we we look. We're in a very serious business partnership. We're mm-hmm. launching a television show. I mean, it's basically like how could how your my my. We don't know, we don't need to increase the amount of times that you and I come into contact on a daily basis. Mikasa Sukasa. That's actually not what I'm saying. I'm saying I'd love to come in contact with you more. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I would, but my immune system wouldn't. Uh. Fuck you, bro. You're just you're a spreader too, dude. No, 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 no. I'm so tall that any particles flying out of my nostril, mouth, and, oh. and hoof area is outside of the jurisdiction of the the normal sized human being. So I, I I'm able to operate on a whole different la- playing field. Yeah, I can see that on a day to day basis. Um, yeah, you're really I, operating. I'm over here coughing, sneezing. It don't affect nope. nobody. It doesn't affect anybody. That's actually a great place to be. I mean, COVID is over, as we all know, so it's not even worth talking about, really. <laughs> it is. R.I.P. the the novel coronavirus, <laughs> and it stayed, you had a good, it stayed novel. You, you had a good run, Corona, but people dead ass they don't care unless you're a narc you don't care anymore you want to go you want to go turn up with your people you want to hit the bar you want to go to a restaurant you want to go to equinox and fucking jerk off in the steam room like Mm -hmm. all that shit it's time to start living again isn't it chris it's time to start living again jason and i you know i think that i think that the, the american people would agree with me yeah all of them all of them agree with you for sure Maybe not all of them, but the majority of <laughs> smart people. Well, no, I'm not saying it's smart or not smart. I'm saying that we're fed up with poor leadership, and that's why I, this debate is important to me. Yeah, did, did you? I, I know that you saw that tweet about the guy comparing New York and LA spreaders of like so cool. New York, New York people are shooting ketamine into each other's asshole, while LA dudes are saying, oh, are, "Would you be down to have a social distance hang in the park?" um do you you know it it seems like a brag you know new york is bragging about how cool they are i I think both of you know they're they're two extreme sides of 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 living for sure and maybe too extreme on on either direction i would say they're both too extreme but i would say that new york sounds pretty cool right now if you're looking to turn up in la is full of pussies but that's been a known i mean that's like a historical fact yeah 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 that that has been true for for centuries now so that 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 this the novel coronavirus big covid doesn't change that 
you know, it's just it's just solidifying, um, um, you know, the, these facts that we've known for a long time. Okay, good. Well, uh, I'm I'm glad that we have a guest today that also you know has a has a deep rooted fascination with you know the inner workings of the government, CIA scandals and conspiracy yes, theories. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and we can we can <laughs> we can probe his mind to we see you know to see where his head is at during these yes. trying times. Um, Jonah Weiner is the the scribe behind the very very popular Blackbird spy plane. Uh, newsletter dispatch, um, which honestly feels like it came out of nowhere and has just exploded and become very, very popular. He gets a high caliber of guests, including people like myself um, <laughs> and my contemporary musician, Andre 3000. Um, so, you know, he, he, it's, it's a, it's a must read. Um, and today's, today's edition came out with Emily Bodie. Uh, so that's three Atlanta legends, one newsletter, which is interesting. It's but, pronounced you know, I think Bode. We, uh, no, it's just pronounced Bodhi. Don't, don't do that. And then so, but I think that I think that what what I want to do today though is get behind the man. Like, who is this guy? Where did he come from? How does he actually make money? Why does he live in San Francisco? That's insane. Mm-hmm. You know, a few a few other important questions to get to the bottom because you know I like to, Jason on this podcast. We like to understand the the real drive behind people and why they do what they do. Fuck yeah! I can't wait. All right, let's give him a jingle. Jonah, what's the what's the vibe in big San Francisco right now? Has the air cleared up? You know, it's it's like a minute by minute situation. I'm in Oakland, which um is an important distinction to draw if you're talking about. Oh, the Bay I'm sorry. Area. Well, you know, I'm not from the Yay area, so can you please so, explain yeah, why, why is that such an important distinction? Obviously, I know being a Cali boy, but you know, not all of our listeners might know. Well, I mean, just broad strokes, it would be like. Talking to some, I mean, real broad strokes, talking to someone who's in Brooklyn and saying, so how's it going in Manhattan? Um, yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, aside from any, even any kind of like cultural stuff, which kind of tracks on the differences between the two, it's just geographically precise. I'm just a real stickler for this stuff, you know. Would you, you know? Are you, you know? of the mind that living in San Francisco proper is is something that you would not want to be personally associated with? Yeah, so I um yes. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, short answer is yeah. Uh we um my my LP and I uh used to come out here um, okay. Don't do that. Okay. Don't do that. <laughs> A man after my own heart. Can let the man speak, Chris? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, please. My uh yeah, we we used to come out here um like to California on vacations and we never really found like I'm from New York. We never really found the charm of San Francisco. The East Bay has a totally different vibe, kind of like an east side of LA vibe in terms of bungalows and, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, I don't know, just uh, it's not... Um, Places that you can live without terrible people wearing vests? Yeah, you don't see vests as much. Um, <laughs> certainly not like... Sorry, like sorry here. bad vests. There are good vests out there. They're good vests. It's like the, the, the kind of like the Salesforce logo vest mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. seems to kind of stop on the other side of the bay. You don't see those... Yeah, of but, course, no shots at any of our angels listening right now. You guys, all, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all definitely venture, not. Venture fam, you guys rock. <laughs> you guys rock. We'll be in touch with our deck. Um, I, I don't think that the so so if you you know if you mistaked me for living in Brooklyn, I would be offended as a Manhattanite. That right. would offend me. Right. And the so, but what is the what is the I guess explain the difference of of the people. I mean, because is is it more affordable? Or is it just a look you're going for? Or is it is it is the air cleaner? Is the lifestyle better? Or is it merely to be surrounded by like-minded folks? So 
there's a kind of like a pre-COVID answer and then there's a post-COVID answer. Like pre-COVID, you would say, yeah, it's like generally you're like your dollar goes a little farther in terms of the square sure. footage of your crib. You might you might have a backyard, um, which would be harder to come by in San Francisco because um, of the density, mm-hmm. uh, stuff like that. Also, people like a lot of people would actually bounce from San Francisco depending what part uh, of town they lived in and come to the East Bay just because it's warmer. Like the sun comes out here a lot more. Like mm. um, lot, lot I didn't know that. Day. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know any of this stuff before I moved out here, but um, this concept of the microclimate, um, mm-hmm. you just like you hear about it a lot here, uh, wasn't a thing in New York, but you could spend, you could start your day at some part of, let's say, I don't know, I don't even know the neighborhoods that well, like the Mission in San Francisco and move over to the Marina and then move over to Oakland and move over to Berkeley and have like a swing of 40 degrees mm-hmm. um, in the same day. That's fucking yeah. crazy, actually. I, did, I had no idea. Very crazy. Yeah, those, yeah, those, those, like, those San Francisco tenderloin nights gets real real cold you know it could be 90 degrees at noon and then you know you're dipping down into the 40s at night it gets literally and metaphorically cold in the tenderloin so (laughs) jason has to throw his his levi's trucker jacket over his shoulders for some oysters because he gets a little (laughs) his shoulders get a little chilly because he's wearing a tank top yeah i mean i have to I can only bring so much on the fixed gear and you have to plan (laughs) accordingly when you're going out for your day out there Yo, uh, actually, you know, life hack, Salesforce vest. That's why. They're <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. Good point. Damn. Very now versatile. it finally, damn. Now finally. The I vest just ain't for show. <laughs> yeah. What is the, so why did you move that? Why would you leave New York, the greatest city in the world for San Francisco? I arguably think one of the worst. Like, why, how, how would that happen to you? Yeah. And I'll, look, I'm not trying to get excommunicated from the Bay, but I think that in, uh, like I can, I can ride for Oakland and shit on San Francisco and probably still be good in my hood. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that seems like that would endear you. That would endear you to the locals that you that you like, probably. Exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, so yeah, from New York, we were actually we were thinking about you know, and and uh, my girlfriend LP, my, my executive producer, my um, <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 EP, I, you know, my EP, my LP. I, I was about to say I back EP more than LP, so I'm going to try to make that my thing here Fuck here on you, the show. Since, since, since Jason has already coined his little term, but anyway. You guys, like, were, you guys like were looking EVP. for a change. <laughs> yeah, we're looking, no, we, we were just thinking about California for a while because I would go to, you know, where you guys are at. I would go to Los Angeles a lot for work and have a lot of friends there and always enjoyed my time there. So we were thinking that it was going to be Los Angeles. But um, no, it's super straightforward. Yeah, we never felt San Francisco. But uh, my girlfriend got a job with Apple. Um, and so that just okay. that, that, Apple, that Apple tractor beam pulled us across the country. There was no question of living down there. Um, a, because like, like dirt lots with like shacks on them sell for $3 million down there because it's funny money Mm -hmm. and people want to have short commutes. So a, um, you know, it's just like wildly unaffordable down there, uh, unaffordable San Francisco. We were not feeling for mentions that we've touched on and the East Bay we always loved. So we, uh, got a little crib in Oakland, um, with a palm tree in the backyard and wow, you know, that, that was kind of a, that, that was a must near the palm tree to, and to there's really room, feel like it. And was. there's room for both Teslas in the garage or can you only fit one? <laughs> we have like a, like a five car driveway actually that in, in true East Bay form, we, since we just have a tiny little car, we dug that shit out and made it a garden. Made it wow. A garden. This is, yeah. wow. This is really, you're what, really settled uh, you down. In the garden, is it mostly Indica's or is it Sativa's as well? <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. Well, actually, I'm, I'm glad you gave me a segue, Jason, because Look, I'm a new member of TJ Hive. I like what I'm hearing, what I'm seeing so far. I don't know you that well, but I hear among the data points that you have a plug when it comes to psilocybin. So off mic, 
Oh. I got to chop it up with you. <laughs> now, now that you mentioned, do not say psilocybin on this podcast. Say mushies or no, shrooms. No, psilocybin is the only psilocybin that I try Simon. to stay a part of. Psilocybin. Psilocybin uh, punk. Uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to whip a psilocybin truck. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I don't. My my pluggy actually listens to this pod, so she will be delighted to hear. And I, will, I, I said this. I think I said this. Yeah. The podcast that you missed because you were busy, even though this is our job, um, I, I talked about how the packaging was so nice. Like I mm. talked about the, the, mush, the mushy packaging looking like, you know, it looked like um, dispensary level, but, but, but for sure. It was, it was an unnecessarily uh, enjoyable user journey for, for illegal drugs. Yes, yes, it was. Anyway, sorry to derail it, but when you mentioned the um, Rail away, you know, the, the mind-altering substances, I was like, "Oh." So, so I you, forget. so you and Bay are not chiefing big, big doinks, but you <laughs> will do a weekend shroom. Exactly. Uh, my um, yeah, my my THC intake. See, I, I use the proper chemical terms. I don't know why I'm doing that. Uh, because you're because you're a narc. Because we'll you live in the Bay Area, bro. It is. <laughs> yeah. Is that like? Is it narky or is it like? Is it, that bay area respect for the substance i don't know one or the i think other. it's i think it might be honestly I, i'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt and say it's the bay area um out here you know obviously well down there too tons of dispensaries so i um was doing edibles for a while i had this situation still do have you guys ever you know about a green out like a blackout but it's a green out uh, uh yeah, I, both I, of us are familiar with that yeah I, I didn't know the term but i've definitely experienced it before well, so, I mean, and Walk if, me through what if, your version of a green out looks like. Yeah, yeah, so if I'm using it in the universal sense. So if I have – there's basically a blood pressure situation. My blood pressure must be low enough that if I have enough booze and get high enough, um, I will uh, – it's only a matter of time before I pass out, just straight up faint. Mm. Um, because it's something about – and typically it's kind of like you kind of – you crash – having had, you know, a few glasses of wine and having had some weed and then like you wake up to piss in the middle of the night and you've been lying flat and suddenly that change from horizontal to vertical, your yeah. blood just rushes out. Mm. So I had enough of those that I've just kind of fallen back on the, um, on the weed intake. But yeah, in terms mm. of like a weekend, a weekend journey, uh, kind of blasting off, blasting off yeah. with, the, with, with the ancient forces. Maybe, love, uh, <laughs> maybe I would recommend considering sleeping with the catheter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just to uh, just to not be a pathetic yeah, user. Yeah, to have an interrupted bathroom break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that does sound nice. Actually, I'd love to sleep through the night. That's you'll, a big. You'll be that's there big, eventually, Chris. That's <laughs> a big priority for me. Sleeping all the way through the night at 38 years old. Um, well, Jonah, I you know we 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 teased this in the intro, but you know you're the you're the author of, of the very popular Blackbird Spy Plane uh, email newsletter, and and we've talked a lot about the newsletter business on this podcast. In fact. I would say that we're the premier newsletter business podcast so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, we're like an audio substack about the business of stub substacks. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, but I think yeah. that you know, I think for a lot of people, including myself, you just came out of nowhere, bro. What the fuck? Like, who? who what? What's the deal? We need to get the full background on who the who is the man because I know you as a writer, but I need a full. I need the full story from start to finish so we can give this popular newsletter some more context. Give us yes. the T on V. <laughs> Yeah. So man, it's, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's like an iceberg, you know, like you're just seeing the visible part, but maybe 10 years of work have gone into it. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Yes. Thank you. Wow. Well put. Sounds like some of that THC is still rattling around in there. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, where should I start? I mean, you know, like uh, in terms of like caring about clothes and the type of shit that we write about uh, um, at Blackbird's Pipeline, because it's actually a project, I, you know, I write it, but in terms of kind of like finding stuff to put in the newsletter um, and just kind of making decisions on, you know, yeah, what's going to go in there and other kind of editorial decisions. Um, Aaron, my, uh, I, I, I'm going to say, what, what are we agreeing on? Can I, can EP. I speak LP? She's the, she's the EP. The EP. So she works on it with me. Um, we've cared, we've both cared about that shit for a while. What she does for Apple, um, is, is related to, uh, kind of the sort of looking for cool under the radar stuff that we do with the newsletter. She's like a, she's a recruiter, like a talent scout for their industrial design team. So she okay. finds people who design, you know, in the world of industrial design and things like that. And, um, kind of stays, so stays in, up on that. In addition to recruiting for tech industrial design, she also be dressing. She, she yeah, she cares about <laughs> clothes. Um, and has how does she find the time? That's a lot. That's a lot, man. Jeez. Okay. Well, Tim, not- Tim Apple also prioritized getting these little fitties off, so it's it's allowed in the schedule. I'm assuming a co- corporate culture. That's right. That's right. Um, and you know, on my end, so yeah, like she she has an interest in the kind of uh, I just want to be up on like you know if we travel, we just like go to like a small shop and say see you know what are, what are these people carrying? Kind of just staying up on shit. Something we're always interested in doing. Um, and in terms of my kind of writing work, what I do is write about typically people in the arts, but it's people who make stuff. And sometimes it's well-known people, but often it's people who are under the radar. So it's not, um, while I haven't written about fashion that much and the newsletter has a kind of focus on fashion in terms of like the broad strokes of just caring about just being up on cool Mm -hmm. people who are kind of small and making interesting stuff. That's something that we've both been interested in for Mm -hmm. a while. And in terms of like Blackboard's Biplane kind of all coming together, uh, I don't know. It's just cool. Like it, it's kind of got like all the right attention at the right time, um, and I couldn't really engineer that. What kind of stuff are you normally writing, career-wise? Profiles, music, movies, like tech, finance. What are we talking no, about? No, 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 no. It's it's like basically like a culture writer, and it's typically profiles where I'm spending time with. Uh, for a while, I was on contract with Rolling Stone, so for them, it would be musicians and actors, um, where you're just kind of hanging out, getting in orbit with someone. And let's let's we, we let's seem talk. almost famous. We know how it goes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's talk about that though, because you know I have a lot of opinions on the death of the profile and how that celebrities <laughs> are, are now unfortunately allowed to control their image to the point where they're being interviewed by their friends or yes. relatives. So, um, is that hurting? Is that hurting your bottom line or or? Is that with Rolling Stone or someone of that nature? Are they still pushing for that? Yeah, there's um, the two places that I, I mean, now it's basically, I have a contract with the New York Times Magazine. And before that, it was the Times Magazine and Rolling Stone. And those places, thankfully, haven't, um, they can still kind of, like, they have enough sway where. Yeah, it matters. There's not, you know, it's, yeah, but I mean, it's true. There's there's definitely like a sense that. Um, shit is trending in 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 a kind of uncool direction, and uh, yeah, I mean, certainly in terms of just like just asking for the kind of like, well, I really like to like. There's a certain kind of even when you like set aside the the kind of profiles that you're talking about, Chris, where it comes to um, you know somebody's you know friend writing about them. There's this other kind of category of profile that still exists and it's been around for a while, where it's basically a writer got like an hour with a person in yeah. you know the the stereotype of like the chateau, you know breakfast at the chateau for an hour and then you have to kind of pretend like you have deep 
insights into this person from an hour spent with them. Mm-hmm. I never liked doing those either and was lucky enough with places like Rolling Stone and the Times to be able to say, no, 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 like you really have to, you know, to a publicist or whoever's kind of brokering the access, like I really want to embed, I want to post up, want to spend time with you, watch you work. So I don't I'm gonna have, have to, to live in Chloe Sevigny's house for a month. You understand that, right? Yeah, this the only person I live. This props to uh, props to um, my guy Jimmy Kimmel, who actually volunteered <laughs> years ago when he was um, he was going from the like what is it like the one thirty like the real, the late late slot. Yeah, he was bumping up to the one thirty slot, and he just straight up invited me to live at his crib for three days uh, in a guest room. Whoa! <laughs> wow, that's uh, actually so, amazing. That's actually amazing. Was this for Rolling Stone at the time? That was for Rolling Stone, yeah. Uh, so yeah. not Chloe, but uh, yeah, Jimmy, incredible. Um, that's, so this, that's was, this pretty... was pre or post blackface for him? <laughs> Does he have a? Did he? Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I guess post. I guess post. Yeah, the is, Carl, that, is that a man show thing? That was a Carl Malone man show. It was a man show, right, yeah. right, right, right. I believe, Less but I mean, like a... that's pretty interesting because I think that I, I wanted to get into that because is is what is you know what is enough time. Like, do you, do you, when you sit down with somebody, do you instantly, can you instantly kind of pick up on how open they're going to be or, or do you really have to crack the egg depending on who the person is? Yeah. I mean, what's, yeah, what's, what's sort of, what sort of sucks, um, is that you don't really know until you sit down and by that point your access has probably been agreed upon. Yeah, I exactly. think t- you, typically you just kind of like want, I mean, I'll put it this way. Let's say that there have been times when someone is given, okay, you know, you have X, you know, hours you're gonna, they're going to be performing on, you know, the View or something like. If, uh, like I did a Lady Gaga story years ago. It's like she's going to be on the View. You can be backstage for that, and then you guys are going to get lunch, and that's your access. And it's not ideal, but um, the kind of good moments actually come when the person's unguarded, and you're just kind of like walking with them mm. from their trailer at the View over to their car, and you kind of they're just unguarded in those moments. You basically just like want more surface area, not to like do you like. It's not to like catch them in like gotchas yeah. or like I don't really write hit pieces or anything like that, but just to kind of have something that doesn't feel super stilted um, and just super, yeah, super stiff. People are super unguarded in cars, um, especially if they're driving. Like that's like, I think you'll hear that from a lot of profilers. They like is it because they're like constant? Is it because they're like concentrating on something else? I think that's the, I think that's the thinking, right? They're kind of looking at the road and it just doesn't feel like. I mean, it just doesn't feel like an interrogation the way like sitting across from someone might. I don't know what yeah. it, I don't know what and it is. You're, and also, you're think, holding the uh, the interviewer's life in your hands. Well, um, <laughs> metaphorically this, and physically, I did a Travis Scott story uh, down in Houston where he straight up came extremely close to killing uh, all of us in the car uh, in like a wild fireball on a Houston highway. Um, this what is for Rolling Stone. What kind of whip was? Travis Scott pushing. I don't know what the model is. I don't know if there's multiple ones. There's a Lamborghini SUV. Oh, the Lambo mm. truck. Yeah, the, the Lambo, Lambo truck. truck. And do you think, and I would never want to incriminate Cactus Jack, but do you think Cactus Jack himself was maybe under the influence of something? Oh, he was high as shit. It's in the story. <laughs> okay, okay. Do you, was, um, what, what was, how many people were in the car and how loud was the music? The music is, all right, so here's, all right. Do, Paint the I, picture, Jonah. Paint want me to go into story mode because there's there's a pre-story before we even get to the land. Yes, situate us. Cactus Jack is a big topic on this podcast, um, as I you know. know. So any intel we can get on the man himself, we appreciate. All right. So very. So we got to start off with Jonah. We got to start off with your guest before we get to Travis. I'll be quick. Though. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So I, take your time. Make a meal out of it. 
So I move out here to the Bay. I love Oakland. One of the things that I get really into out here is cycling. Uh, you know, you live in Glendale, um, Jason. You've seen these guys go by on their way to the mountains um, mm -hmm. in, in their spandex. I've become one of those dudes, get heavy into road cycling. Um, two years ago, oh I have a really bad crash, fly into a tree, lose control, blackout, have no experience, like no memory of the crash. Come to have maybe to be, a green out something to think, something to consider. Continue. <laughs> yeah. On 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 unlike Travis later on in the story, there no, yeah like I'm not I'm not high at all. Mm -hmm. I'm operating a vehicle with just a dumb. I'm just a dumbass because basically I take a bike that shouldn't be on a dirt trail onto a dirt trail mm. because I'm a dumbass. Lose control, flying to a tree. I'm on. I'm in like a state park. I get helicoptered out to the trunk hospital. Ooh. They put titanium into my spine because I broke a bunch of shit. Oh my god! Make me a cyborg. I come out of it a broken man, maybe stronger than ever. I'm not sure. <laughs> did it improve your dick game at least? <laughs> yeah, like did, what? What? Something had to come out of this. <laughs> um, so a lot of titanium. So all to say, this I'm in, I'm still recovering from this crash with one of those straight up like ambulance chaser neck braces when i interview travis so i'm down wow. at Astro wow 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 this is amazing so Man. i'm down at Astro so you brought World. your own saddle to the rodeo um <laughs> there were actually like there were kids there who were like because i'm uh help so i'm like 39 now i'm 30 i'm a 37 year old dude pretty old like i'm skewing old mm -hmm. at the time um and i think these kids came up to me and they thought like because I was backstage and they were like, first off, they thought I was a little dicky because I had like I hadn't had a haircut in a minute. <laughs> and I had a beard and curly brown hair um, and looked Jewish. And so they just assumed like, there's no way that a guy who looks like this would be backstage yeah. if it wasn't little dicky. Smart money is on little dicky. Yeah, um, that's a fair that's a fair guess to me. Yeah. Number one. Number two, uh, also smart money, is they, were, they thought – remember how they expressed this but these kids came up to me and they thought that like the neck brace because like this molded plastic thing they thought it was some like rick owens joint <laughs> like so they thought maybe <laughs> like maybe some kind of um statement like fashion statement thing because um, it was kind of, like know, this like guy he did a thing on lady gaga you know she wears a lot of prosthetic stuff maybe he got a little piece from the collection who knows it was, yeah, it was a little House of Gaga, like circa. <laughs> circa House of Gaga? How, how could we forget? Uh, so you're, back, you're backstage mobbing with the, the Cactus Jacks of the world. So, so here, so now I'm going to get to your boy. So Travis, first off, it was my second time meeting him. Um, I'd interviewed him once before. So he came for, out to for, me. Wait, for a different story? This is for, the same. For a different, no, for a different story. Okay, like a okay. years before, a year before. Um, and so he's like, oh, man, what's going on, man? What's going on? I'm like, oh, what's up? And I'm in a neck brace, right? Like, it's clear that I'm <laughs> fucked up. For the next two days I'm with him, he never once remarks on the neck brace. <laughs> that, that is so cool, actually. I appreciate that. <laughs> and, like, the next day I'm in the car with him, and now we'll get to this moment in the Lambo. But he actually mentions that his mom, um, like, his mom kind of, like, walks fucked up. He mentions that. And he's like, yeah, when she was, when she was young, she had a bike accident. So here's oh, my segue. Oh. So so I say so I say, oh yeah, Travis. By the way, that's why I'm wearing this neck brace that you haven't commented on um, <laughs> for the last 24 hours. And he's like, uh huh, word, and just keeps off. Oh, so like, just no damn, interest, no interest at all. Which I, hey, eyes on the prize. He doesn't need to know about me. <laughs> so you know about my life. So you saw the show, and then and then you partied after the show. 
I don't remember the time. Yeah, so I think probably like I was at Astroworld, and then the next day he took me around, like driving me around to like you know this is my childhood house. Here's where I used to hang. You know, here's my high school. Here's my church. Kind of like a drive around Houston, like mm-hmm. Houston suburbs. Um, and basically, the moment where he um, almost kills us all. Yeah, so I'm in the shotgun. There's probably like three dudes piled into the back, uh, and it starts raining like crazy. And um, I'm not trying to. Flex here. I just have a horrible memory. Is it Kylie that he was with or Kendall? <laughs> Kylie. <laughs> Kylie. All right. So Kylie's, Kylie. te- Kylie's texting him because she's about to like get on a plane with Stormy, and she's like, you know, where are you? He's like, oh shit, I'm I'm ten minutes away, even though he's forty minutes away, and he's trying to like hold her off from getting on this plane. So he's speeding on the fucking highway, going. It's in the story, I think, because I'm looking at the fucking odometer with my neck brace on, just having been through like a life-threatening accident. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. And he's talking to me, music is blasting, and he's maybe he punches it to like 110 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And up ahead of us, um, a few hundred feet, you can just see brake lights. Like the cars ahead of us are not moving. <laughs> <laughs> They're stopped. And he is not decelerating at all. Like he's just like doing 110, about to just like, absolutely just like pile drive like a range rover or whatever the fuck is in front of us <laughs> in the lane like and i think at that point like, you kind of not be corny like a just like on some peer pressure shit like you don't want to be the nerd who's like uh hey uh can yeah. you drive a little slower like a <laughs> and just be like the power dynamics of being a reporter um you know sure. just kind of whatever i don't know honestly yeah, you, you, don't, you don't want to poo poo on his parade you're trying not to just yeah you're trying not to poo poo so but I was like, I was like, dude, you really have to like, like I was like, I, I, I <laughs> but I then I did, but then I did. I, I don't want to be that guy, but you were about to kill us all, Travis Scott. <laughs> I mean, like, hey, yo, you are, and and like real talk, I think like the weed carriers in the background had to be grateful that I spoke up because they can't be happy about this. <laughs> <laughs> they, <laughs> they can't. They, yeah, they, you're the first person who's ever stood up to him. Uh, so I was like, I, I mean, I, now granted, I had like a very easy segue. I was like, dude, like I almost just died in a bike accident. Like, please, like, chill. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, and, but it, like it comes down to him swerving into the next lane and like missing the Range Rover by like you know mm. a half, six inches. Uh, I don't remember how we got on this. I think you asked about. Who well, knows? I just oh, think just these stories. Right. Yeah, well, I just think these stories are always interesting because I feel like you know somebody like that is is um, you know he's on one. Whereas I feel like someone like Jimmy Kimmel, it's a very calm experience, and Gaga is on one. So I feel like I I, I, I which situation do you feel like is most beneficial to you as a reporter? Someone like Travis Scott and Lady Gaga, who are a little bit more unhinged, and it's really, really crazy, mm-hmm. or like a or like a calm, more like familial situation with someone like Jimmy Kimmel, who's like a big star in his own right. That's interesting. That's, I mean, I actually wouldn't even like oppose those because in both cases, you're getting a lot of time and you're getting a lot of material. It's just kind of like a different. I mean, like the, yeah, the Jimmy Kimmel is definitely like the bourgeois version where he has like um uh uh th- th- this might impress uh um. The, uh, the gourmand on the chat, TJ, he has a, uh, Jimmy has like a custom built pizza oven by, uh, who's the dude in Arizona? Bianco? Chris Bianco. Yeah. So Chris Bianco came to Kimmel's crib and like custom, you know, mm-hmm. oversaw the, the custom build out of a pizza oven. So, you know, like Jimmy's making us pizza in the backyard. Uh, we're going down to his like beach house in Hermosa. Um, that's, actually, that's the one where, um, where Adam Perry Lang was staying when he got raided by the, by the FBI. Oh, I know that he's friends with Adam Perry Lane, but I don't know that story. What happened? Um, like the at that beach house, he was Adam Adam Perry Lang was staying there, and then there was uh, like somebody called the police or something like that, and 
they came they came to that house and said there was like some type of like possible like terrorist threat going on at that house and and then later on it came out that 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 chef was also previously a, a private chef of Epstein on his on his private oh island. right yeah so now right, they're, right, they're right. trying to like uh, they're trying to get information out of him because he apparently saw a bunch of shit back in the day. Well, Kimmel can't R. catch him. R.I.P. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, especially because he's about to, you know, disappear for a while. Um, who? Who? Ep- why is Epstein? Not- oh, I was just assuming APL. If he's got the dirt, it, oh, it's, yeah, it's yeah, curtains. Yeah. It's curtains for him. He's about to get uh, suicided. He might. Yeah, he might get suicided. <laughs> um, anyway, you know, I don't know. In, in both those cases, you're getting a lot. Like basically, I just love a lot of time with someone. And in both cases, you know, like very different, like, like Travis is not necessarily like the, um, quite the same lively quote that Jimmy Kimmel is. Cause Jimmy Kimmel is, <laughs> yes, yeah. you know, he's, he's, he's slinging zingers, you know, he's, mm-hmm. he knows he's aiming for the rafters, whereas Travis Scott is, uh, maybe not quite as introspective, but at least with Travis Scott, like we're pulling over to a gas station, we're hopping out, we're getting Lucy's, some dude in the, um, oh, or Swisher Sweets, like some dude in the gas station comes up and talks to him. You get that interaction. But that's, I just love kind of being in orbit and going kind of like from place to place to place with someone. And I feel like, I mean, you guys tell me like just, or, you know, or Chris, like as someone who cares about profiles, like I feel like just when you, there's a lot of like being in one place, going to another place, going to another place, just as a reader, that story feels um, like a higher, like a higher level to me. Uh, I feel like oh, I really yeah, spent totally, some time totally. with somebody. I, I think the challenge, if I if I were in your position, I think the challenge would be, I think I struggle with wanting to be like liked by the person. Mm. You know what I mean? Which you cannot do. That, that's like a whole thing when you're doing these kind of stories. Like yeah. you have to, you can't like, but there's a fine line, right? Where you want them to like you so they open up, but you also need, you might need to ask a difficult question. They would, you know, it, it's, a, it, I think that's the struggle in, yes. in this situation. Absolutely. There's there's definitely like a certain kind of um, there's probably some certain like android like like weird like some part of the brain is not functioning like journalist mindset where you can actually be really off putting and it and like you just maybe make the subject uncomfortable enough in just the right way that they open up. Mm. Yeah. But I'm definitely of the type to kind of like really perform that I'm listening to them and it's not necessarily have them like you but definitely have them not be like weirded out by you and I guess that's. Yeah. I don't know. At a, at a certain level, that's kind of the same thing, right? Well, people are also so. I mean, I think a lot of celebrities are, are also just so skeptical in general. You know, you know what I mean? Like, of of any journalist, no matter what the what the outlet is. So, I think that's a hurdle you're getting over, no matter what. You know, yes and no. It depends because sometimes I've found, and this is actually how I like make sense of Travis. This might not be true, but it's like my theory on like a Travis Scott not mentioning the fact that the dude showing up to interview him, who he's seen before like clearly has just been through like a massive trauma and is wearing, um, and is wearing a yes. brace. I think it's because these guys, like a lot of the times, like when you're at the, and by these guys, I mean, just like when you're at that level of fame, um, and that level of success, everyone who enters your orbit is kind of there because they are like in some way or another oriented towards the same goal, which is your success, right? They're on your mm-hmm. team. It's oh, well, Hey, like Travis, this is, this is homie from McDonald's. He wants to sign a deal with you. Whoever it is like, whenever you, like if you've gotten that close to them, it's almost like they just slot you into kind of like the sycophant orbit. And so they oftentimes kind of let their, I feel like they let their guard down. They ask me like no questions, just even some like, fine. You don't need to like be curious about me. It's not like a date. But just on some, like, you just think that, like, if your hackles were up, you might al- almost want to disarm me and be like, oh, hey, man, like, what happened? Are you okay? And just do yeah. something sociopathic, like, oh, shit, dude, like, pretend to care. They don't even do that. And I think that almost speaks <laughs> to the fact that they're just like, you are here 
to help me be stronger. Like you are here. Like I wouldn't even suspect you of writing a piece that doesn't, you know, mm. that isn't like a puff piece or, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, like Drake was a similar way. Like just like no question. Oh, hold on. We didn't know you. We didn't know you had mobbed out with the boy. Yeah. Similar experience where I spent a lot of time with him as well. What, and, what Drake era is this? So he's, um, fuck, I have such a bad memory. He, um, it was whenever the James Terrell show happened at Lachmo because we went to that together. Uh, okay. like before Hopling video, Hop, Hot, Hotline Blame video. Okay. Um, so this is like prime Drake. This is when he's like peaking. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's, he's, he's living at the Yellow Estate in Calabasas and I go out. He's another dude who I'd met once or twice. i like, I went up to Toronto once and hung out with him in the studio when he was recording, um, take care mm. and saw, and saw him lay down the line about like eating at French laundry. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. God, God's plan. That a classic line that appeals to every member of this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Um, some line about like, I don't know if the line is about t- per se or Thomas Keller or what up in Yonville. Um, I don't remember what the line is. I don't is, know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And unfortunately the bars are not coming off my dome right now. Yeah. Um, I but, blocked those bars out. So you. So, so what are you doing with Drake? You're in L.A. Yes, yeah, so and then we go. To, I think I like met him in Calabasas, and um, you know, Chubbs is out on the basketball court playing uh, playing a game with some other members of the entourage. Drake just is to be, just to be clear before we move forward. I'm Drake, and Jason is Chubbs. So just just <laughs> no, no, for no. the sake. Chubbs is the turtle of OVO, and I am the Johnny Drama. Okay, I, I apologize. I apologize. Um, I, I, I'm sorry, Jonah. Continue. But Ch- I mean, being Chubbs is, is not bad because Chubbs is the shooter, right? Like that's a pretty. Chubbs is a security. He was the original head of security. That's right. But is Chubbs sh- shooting? Is he? Is, does Chubbs? I, I think he's graduated. Natural born killer, or is he? Is th- he simply a shot caller? <laughs> I think he's. I think he's more of a. I, I think he's graduated, regardless. But I would say, honestly, he's more of a shot caller. But I haven't spent. I haven't spent time with Chubbs. Maybe Jonah can shed some light on that. I didn't exchange a lot of words with Chubbs, but, um, <laughs> but did, did, who, I mean, who has really? He's kind of a silent, silent type of guy. At least mm-hmm. when I was around. Uh, that, that's the, how the shooters be, though. That's what I'm saying, Jason. That, exactly. You know, the shoot, the well, shooters a, are the one. Good point. That's a very good. They're point. in the cut. They're in the cut, just quiet. And then if something needs to happen, it happens. You know. Right, right. They're always. They can't be bogged down with conversation because you have to be ready to squeeze at any moment. Exactly. You have to <laughs> let it spray when Jonah walks in asking too many questions. Exactly. I apologize, Chubbs. <laughs> um. So Chubbs, yeah, Yolo Estate, Calabasas Crib. Um, <laughs> which, by the way, like uh, that's when I uncovered. Uh, a, I think. Actually, a few things came out of the story. One is the, um, what, to me, canonical bit of Drake lore, which is that he bought the house because years before he did a Google image search for world's largest pools. No, <laughs> no, no. I didn't know this. No. Or, or like world, or world's craziest pools. I think it's largest. And this house came up because it has this insane – um, insane kind of like outdoor pool that like has like a man-made grotto and like a bar in the grotto and like a waterfall and all this shit. So like he had this, he had this crib on his like vision board for many years. Like my maybe, king. Exactly. Yeah, Drake. Drake. Drake is a known Olympic swimmer. He needs that type of yardage for. for Bro, he life. needs the he, he needs the grotto for all the chicks. That's what he needs. He ain't swimming. Well, he needs a grotto big enough to where the chicks 
can be far <laughs> enough away where they can't see him you know, doing his real grotto business. I see what you mean. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So that house, I've actually never Look, been to that house. Gay. <laughs> hey, bro. Hey, bro. Uh, I've never been to that house, but it's pretty insane, right? I don't know if he renovated it because I think he moved in pretty soon after um, – Rather, I was seeing him pretty soon after he moved in, and I remember it, like, I mean, look, like that, that architectural architectural digest spread on the. Um, it's not it's not going to surprise you to hear that the joint was kind of like, uh, let's say, day class A or, or you know over the top and gaudy. But yes. I think that it was like over the top and gaudy and day class A because of the previous owner who was like had owned some. Either like one or like a small chain of like weird, not Cracker Barrel, but some kind of like Southwestern themed mm. like burger joints. Um, and so there was a real kind of like ugly, like waxed yellow wood, like wagon wheel chandeliers type. <laughs> I mean, and also, that, like, in, in, in his defense, that's every house in Calabasas before it that's gets remodeled. Thing. Exactly, because it, it's like, it has everyone that, has horses. It has that uh, nouveau equestrian 90s energy going on there, or at least it, in the heyday of, of Calabasas. Right, so so we have to imagine that Drake um, made some changes, but like it still very much felt like that vibe, like from the previous owner, mm-hmm. uh, which um, honestly, it was just a bit of a letdown. You want, you know, I wanted to see something a little, I don't know. Something a little more a little YOLO. Here. A little more YOLO. Uh, trying to remember if it said yellow on the gate or not. Man, I have a bad memory. I need to read that story again. He might like he might have made that change. He might have like yes, that's the first thing. That's what you do before you replace the lighting fixtures. You have to put yolo on before the you even iron. call Spectrum to set up the Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. So did you did you hang out there or did you just pick him up? I think I like yeah 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 yeah. That's what it was. We we hung out there. Forty was actually in a studio like a bedroom like 40 was posted up there he never emerged like he was in the lab he was making tracks never emerged um so we sat by that's 40 i mean look eyes on the prize he's Mm -hmm. not there to he's not there to clout chase with the rolling stone rider he's there to make make the hits yeah he's in there with the dust buster vacuuming behind uh uh an engineering board Mm-hmm. And, and organizing cables. <laughs> so Drake and I hang out by the. Um, we post up near the grotto, chop it up for a little bit, uh, and either later that day or the next day we go to the James Terrell Lockmer show where there was this. Um, it's called like the percep- perceptual sphere or something like that. It's this thing that you had to like make a reservation like months in advance to get into. But since he's Drake, mm-hmm. pulled some strings. Lock, you know, he had clout with Lachma, and we were able to <laughs> kind of get in and and you know, like I got to watch Drake kick off his Tims because you couldn't wear shoes in the um, wow. in the Terrell. He went in there. Uh, we went into the other like like one of the Terrell rooms, and then in that room, this was very funny because Drake. Uh, like to, I don't know if it was Chubbs or whoever was with us. He was like, yo, yo, take some shots of me. And he took all these like incredibly like contemplative, like pensive gazing <laughs> off into like, you know, the, the beautiful iridescent blue light, um, like took all these shots for the gram and like captioned them. Like, this is like, this is this moment of Drake where he's taking those shots, gazing off contemplatively. And then the captions are like searching. <laughs> so I get to see that. And when and and it's when we're so the other bit of folklore is when we're walking into that like piece together, I think I say something like you know like man rappers are really talking about art these days, uh, and and at that point he's like oh, man like it's, it's like it's kind of tired you know like Jay Z like oh it's corny like all these people talking about art so much, and 
whatever the quote was, like kind of shat on Jay-Z a little, like said it was played out and maybe it's like Jay-Z was copying him. I don't know what it was. Uh, but Jay-Z um, had to drop a bar in response to that Jonah Weiner Drake profile pro. Hey, okay. hey, where hey. He, he you better watch your back. Where he said, and by the way, and then Drake hated the story and there's a line about me on um, if you're reading this, it's too late. But we can get Wait, to that what? one next. We can get to that what? one next. Oh. First off, Jay-Z goes, sorry, now, some people say that he said Mr. Drizzy. I thought he said Mrs. Drizzy. He says, sorry, Mrs. Drizzy for all the art talk. I'm just like, I'm just hyped about all the shit I bought or something like that. So, you know, they had to come to terms, apparently. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure Drake was just like, hey, you know, you know how these writers do. You know how these snakes do. I didn't say, <laughs> exactly. I didn't say that. You exactly. Know. You always blame the snake writers. Blame the, the snake. The, Asshole. So, what did Drake come for? He came Man for the neck. Trust profiler. He didn't come. He didn't come for the neck. But on the song where he's on the phone with his, it's like it's like the concept is that he's on the phone with his mom. He says something like, "Like I'm grown, mama. Um, you always told me watch out for Rolling Stones. You can't trust these Rolling Stones or something." Like, like Woo! That's bar. That's not even a sub. That's pretty direct. Yeah. Well, I mean, it wasn't. You can't trust Jonah. What was Drizzy upset about? So, I mean, I've, t- I've told this story before, but it's pretty good. So he, it was supposed to be a cover story. And, um, Celebs and he, hate when it's not a cover, if it's promised to cover. It's prom- and hey, justifiably. But here's the thing, is that uh, the reason that he got bumped was because Philip Seymour Hoffman dies. Oh, yeah. And Rolling Stone says, we got cra- to crash a tribute cover to the GOAT. We got to put. It's uh, a heroin PSH. thing. You don't know. <laughs> yeah. God damn it. <laughs> so he got bumped. Um, oh, this. So this was a big story because he like publicly said something. Didn't exactly. He? Exactly. So he was really. So I don't even. I mean, and then there's the shit about like the you know the Jay Z like whatever else kind of like controversial came out of it. But mostly, I think he was pissed off about you know justifiably. The thing was, he was like, hold my. He was like, I think he. Did a blog post? Did he have a blog? I don't know where he would have written Yeah, it. yo, the OVO blog spot was a legendary yes. destination so on the World Wide Web. So maybe that's what it was. But the whole thing was like, yo, no disrespect to, to Philip Seymour Hoffman, but that was my cover. Um, <laughs> How do you say that without disrespecting a, a literal dead genius artist? He, um, I mean, Drake's point was you should have like just held mine for like the next issue. And I think the thing was they didn't have anything. Like it needed to mm-hmm. – Whatever it needed to run, like they didn't have something that, to hold it. They for. didn't have something ready to go. Right, yeah, right, I mean, right. so he was pissed now, off. Do you, do you listen to hip hop? Is that your genre of choice, or does that is that just um, what you happen to dabble do you in? Listen to professionally? cool music like the Counting Crows, like I like. Yeah, let's talk about cool music. I could go on and on, but what what do you listen to? Um, I I listen to less. I mean, I, I still no, I love rap, but I'm in like the wash stage where I'll just like put like. It's hard for me to get more current than um, um, like I just play numbers on the board. Like I'm kind of like frozen at numbers on the boards in terms of my like like, wow. like wash like push a T kind of like like. But did you grow? Did you grow up listening to real New York hip hop? Yes. Um, well, because I was born in Brooklyn, but then I grew up. We moved when I was uh, about seven to Staten Island, and so like I am 12 years old when like the Wu Tang. Like, and I went to the same, like, public schools as a lot of Wu-Tang guys. So, like, you would start mm. to see, like, when I was, like, 11, 12, these, like, hand-drawn stickers with what I didn't know at the time was, like, the Wu-Tang W. So, like, I was very much 
like, you know, just like super stoked to be from the same place as Wu-Tang, listen to all that shit, listen to Mob Deep, kind of like early 90s, you know, New York City kid into um, into rap for sure. So you were, uh, you were born and raised in the slums of Shaolin. Yes. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was absolutely, Jason. Thanks for pointing that out. No, I mean, like to uh, the point, like to the extent, like I because there's like a section of Staten Island that's like you know mobbed up, kind of like like Yankees players have their have their mansions, like Gambino crime family uh, members have their mansions. I was not in that neighborhood. I was in a kind of a more mixed neighborhood called St. George, which is kind of right by the ferry terminal. For my for my for my true five borough uh, mm. appreciators out there, mm-hmm. St. George, St. five George. borough appreciators. <laughs> All right, we don't, we, it's not just four boroughs in you know. I, I understand. I'm, 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 only, I'm, a, I'm a one borough appreciator, so I'm not even close to what you're looking for. Jonah, did you participate in all five elements of hip hop? <laughs> um, I never danced. Uh, I did, I did, but I did like tagging was very cool. Tagging was very cool, and and I did go out on extremely uh, toy level bombing missions. What was, uh, what was your graffiti name, if you don't mind me asking? I think the Statue <laughs> of Limitations is up now. God, I almost, like, I'm almost so embarrassed. Let me think about disclosing that. I'm just kind of embarrassed <laughs> by, by how toy level it was. But this was when, like, like Iraq was kind of, like, popping. Like, um, mm-hmm. So, like, those dudes were, who were, like, actually cool. Like, you know, you would see Sace, like, Dash Snow. Like, it was kind of, like, around the time that, like, Dash Snow was tagging as Sace. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, Ear- what's his name? Uh, Kunlay. Kunle is tagging his ears not like well, I'm Jason's, seeing all those a, Jason's a big Jason's a big graph head so choose your words carefully yeah, you're, he will break he will break family Jonah this is a oh hell yeah for, uh, uh, for graph heads hell yeah so oh, I, I thought really you were I thought you were going to break his spray. I thought you were going to break his spray finger, Jason, if he talked sideways. No, I, oh I mean, no sideways talk I was very respectful mm-hmm. I never clipped you anyone are. I never buffed anyone <laughs> Jason knows what I'm I love. I use these terms. Yeah, he was. I, hey, you don't strike me as a sidebuster or or a. <laughs> did you, uh, uh, Jason? Did you tag? I did. I did tag heavily. That's where actually where my my uh, my DJ name came from. But jeans was the name that I wrote. Oh, I was gonna say because them jeans, you, you're really risking the police coming by with a name that long. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. It takes a lot, train, a lot the, of cans to get to get that the train. The out. train is going to leave the station by the time <laughs> he gets done with with them jeans. Oh um, man, I want I want to like nerd out just for like oh, man. Uh, I'm going to resist nerding out about like '90s East Coast craft legends. You can save but, that for the for the paywall, Chief. Yeah, we'll we'll save we'll save it. But, well, uh, I mean, yeah. So let let's let's get back to the newsletter because now that we've got the background, your shit is fucking popping, bro, and it's it's inescapable in a good way. So and, true. I think people. I think people. <laughs> you said it, thanks, sweetie. I, you, you're a lot of people are like because because they saw that you know you had guests like me, obviously. So it's mm-hmm. it's extra popping. So they mm-hmm. people are like yeah, even Yo. even a popping newsletter has a slow week. Go on. It's true. Some uh, some people didn't return emails, but people are always like, "Yo, what is it?" Like when it, you know now it's obviously more established. But at the beginning, people were asking me like, "What is this? Who is this? Like, how does he get these guests?" And when when you and I talked about it, you were like, um, "I emailed them," <laughs> or mm-hmm. or like somebody recommends it but like i guess maybe going through the process of how someone becomes a subject and what leads you to that would be would be helpful for people to know yeah right um well i feel like for instance the case like the craziest one that maybe you like i I don't know what would have had people asking you like who is this how how did they get this guest um besides andre 3000 when he um when he put out his uh like post george floyd he put out these a bunch of t-shirts based on the jumpsuits that he'd worn yeah um with sayings and he was going to do one interview to promote it 
and he has uh, people in his camp who fuck with the fucking newsletter at that at that early stage, and they're like, "Hey, Andre, um, like knowing, I guess because you know, he's as we know, like he's an idiosyncratic guy. Like he he didn't want to do something like CNN or Rolling yeah. Stone. He wanted to do like a zag instead of a zig. Mm-hmm. And they're like, check out this newsletter. Um, I think we were probably like a month in at that point, so we'd done you know enough." for him to like give it a look. And he is a huge Rage Against the Machine fan. I think like the week before I'd done this like long post about this one Rage Against the Machine t-shirt that I own and the graphic on it and how it used to be this like CIA pamphlet. And he just saw that. He was like, oh, hell yeah. Like this is my, this is weird. Relatively, no one reads it. This is exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it was like, but the, like the smart thing on his part too is like he knows it's going to get pick up anyway. So it's like, it's almost like there's no downside because yeah. Pitch, yeah. Pitchfork is still going to write about it. Um, but he looks like cool and weird justifiably because he went with this strange, you know, what, smart move. Oakland. What yeah. was the up, what was the uptick in subbies looking like? That, I mean, that's still like, um, uh, you know, look, look, Chris, Chris Black is, is in, is in the top five, but thank uh, God yeah, Andre, John, Andre is like leaps and bounds. Like, I mean, it was just wild. Top That's five it. of yeah. that month. I'm assuming <laughs> no, all time, all time, all time, bitch. Oh, all time. I get, I get no respect on my own show. I mean, I think that the, but I think how deep you're going and how voicey it is, is that I, I said that I think in the, I, I don't I think this part got cut from that BOS story about kind of these micro economies, but I was like, the oh, reason, right. the reason this newsletter is, is so popular, partly is because he he fully has a voice and it's not just like facts only. You know what I mean? You're having so much fun with it. And then after we spoke, I was like, oh, this is not how he talks. He's not a monster. He just <laughs> he just has, you know, he he writes in this way that's like really fun and engaging and makes it makes this stuff more interesting. You know, I, so I mean, did that become is that a style you had developed on your own before or did that come naturally as the podcast started? Or excuse me, as the newsletter started? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the visual podcast. The visual podcast. Yeah, exactly. I never thought of it that way. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I guess it's like, it's like a stupid voice that I have in my head, um, like kind of like like a hyperbolic John's obsessed, you know, a voice. It certainly helps for me to um, try like go into a persona to a degree. Not that it's, you know, I mean, it's a version of myself, but obviously it's a fucking psycho, like a, like it would be an obnoxious version, uh, like obnoxious person to be in a conversation with but yeah it's like a persona there's like dip into um that probably just helps because like you know if i have to switch back to new york times magazine mode it's it's just like a very clear delineation and like mm-hmm. the parts of my right the parts of my brain um but yeah i mean and also i think i think that it's true though like that sense of having fun uh probably a it just like keeps me doing it keeps me excited yeah. about it and i think that it also does like the really fun thing is there's this whole um, like, so, you know, the name of it is Blackbird's biplane. There's this whole kind of like, um, dumb vocabulary around like Intel and recon and dossiers and under the radar and this whole kind of like spy vernacular. Yeah. And what's very fun is I'll get like, you know, DMS from people or emails from people, uh, who subscribe or who like the newsletter. And they're like, yo, you got to hit us with some, some of that mock three Intel on backpacks next week. Um, they're so, using they're using the way that people have adopted LP from Jason's vernacular. They're exactly. adopting. They're they adopting have a lot your, of fun with it. So you're so you're building a community around this you know kind of character that you've created. Yeah, I, mean, just a little, I think it just makes it fun. It's just like I mean, this is anything. Like you just kind of like learn a certain kind of like language for like whatever kind of community, mm-hmm. and then it's just fun to kind of like use that language in the sense of just knowing an in joke that other people don't know. Um, but. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it it does seem to make it more fun for people, and probably also just like makes it I don't know, it just puts a little distance between me and what is like 
obviously like ultimately a kind of frivolous thing, which is just like a newsletter about like, yo, this backpack is, is beautiful. <laughs> sure. Sure. I mean, but is the, so now you have, you have your subscriber model is what, what is the, what is the subscription yeah, looking well, like? Yeah, we, we are both, you know, aspiring Substack heads. You know, we both have a newsletter. Chris is more established. I have one post, but you know, it was a really good post. It was a really good post. What is a, what is a cadence that you would recommend for, you know, the free versus not free paywall versus, you know, open content? You know, I mean, that's a good question. Like for us, what we do is, um, and this is not like set in stone, but we, what we've been doing and what the plan is to do like free, free public posts to the mass list on um, Tuesdays. And then on Thursdays, there's a subscriber only one. So, uh, so 50, 50% free, 50% yeah. paid. Yeah. And you know, there'll be like moments when there's something special and we can like deviate from that. But mm. um, that's what we're doing so because it does so actually, you're, you're it, posting, you're doing two posts a week then. So that's pretty, two posts a week, pretty frequent cadence, I, I guess. Yeah, it fucking takes like even like as dumb as that fucking voice is, and you think that I'd just be hammering it off. Like in terms of finding shit and like making sure that the shit that we find is on point, and then either contacting the people who made it to get a little bit of information about it or whatever it is. Like it does wind up taking a long time. So there's some like you have like politics newsletters where you know it's just like um, a like a gifted prolific writer, I guess, but also they can just like look at the news of the morning and just like bang out fucking, you know, a thousand words. And so like newsletters like that have like way more, you know, frequency. Yeah. Um, I think it depends on, cause I know yours is like a food, a food newsletter, right, Jason? Yeah. Um, I don't know what that category looks like. I don't know what people want from it's a business that since like Blackbird spy plane is like pretty heavily servicey. It's like since there's stuff to cop kind of putting people onto things, mm-hmm. we feel like since it's a little less opiniony, although we do things like that, sometimes we feel like you can kind of like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's opinion. Maybe you need to do more. I have no idea. But you'll you'll be like, I, but yours will have service, right? You're going to do how tos. Yeah, I, I believe so. It'll there, yeah. there will be service, right? I don't know. I feel like you can do a little less if you're putting that much effort into if there's that much value packed into mm. you know into a post. What's the what's the other? What are the bells and whistles looking like though? Because I know you have the Blackbird Spy Mall. So what mm-hmm. what exactly is that? The Blackbird Spy Mall is like a place. Basically, if we find something dope and it's not like um, there's necessarily a story around it. it. Could just be like we found this insane vintage '90s LL Bean LL Bean fleece on eBay. Um, this shit is dope. It wouldn't go in the newsletter because there's no real story around it. We'll throw that. You know, this is, this is buried on page 48 of the eBay results for like vintage fleece and they, you know, misspelled two words. So no one's going to find it, but we can't yeah, cross yeah. it. We'll put that in, in this thing called the Blackbird Spy Mall, which is kind of like running list of just like joints or like um, RIP. Like if Toto Kayo had like one thing buried deep on sale, be like, yo, you might not have found this, but mm-hmm. this, yeah, it's just like shit that we find uh, basically it's like, yeah, linking to shit that is a and little. You're, and you're um, not doing any click through dollars for that? Or we don't. We don't do. No, we don't do any um, affiliate links on those. The only thing that we do is when we link to eBay stuff. This is not for dope because it's like thirty cents as a payout. But yeah. we do eBay affiliate links just to kind of like get more, a little more um, just info on like, oh, what are people clicking on? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, totally. It's not like, but it's not scalable in terms of affiliate links because it's like, oh, we found this one L bean. Mm-hmm. It's not like there's a you know a hundred of these. It's not like a fucking coffee machine that we're linking to in like a best coffee machines roundup yeah. where you can just like make a lot of deal off those. So that's not the model. It's really subscription only. So yeah, if you subscribe behind the paywall, you get the spy mall. And then the really cool thing that's developed is just, it's, it's sorry, all these terms are super dumb, but classified spy talk, 
which is the <laughs> chat room, <laughs> which is the chat room behind the paywall. And that actually has been really cool because um, it's basically like a place for people to kind of like ask questions. Yo, I'm looking for a fucking like a water bottle, and I'm like, well, it's kind of a semi boring question or too specific of a question to put in the newsletter. But I own a clean canteen, and maybe someone else in here has a cool fucking water bottle they want, want to recommend. So kind of like places where people like it's not a comment section in this, or it's not a chat room in the sense that anything goes, but specifically about kind of like yo put each other on to cool stuff like mm-hmm. yo I have this thing uh, and I love it or I'm looking for this thing uh, and it's been pretty cool actually there because like, we had no idea how that was going to go to see that um, the people in that chat room a are very posy vibes because we try and keep the vibes posy mm-hmm. no one is trying to stunt on anyone else uh, but like the taste level is pretty cool like the recommendations in there have been um, good pretty good what, so, um, what yeah. platform do you use for your for your chatting right now it's all like that's just an it's like a basically it's not ideal but it's working out okay it's just a long running sub stack like comment thread got it um and maybe like if that pro- if like if that proves to be kind of like i don't know too you know too ungainly with time then maybe like a discord or something but right now it's nice to just have it all on Substack. okay yeah i will i will consider stealing that <laughs> yeah I, go for it. I, Jason, I would. I can't wait till you get a community around you. I think it's going to be a really special thing for you. I already do have a community, Chris, because I actually reply to my DMs, not like you. <laughs> I, the, your community is just people who like me and have to deal with you. But I understand. What you're, <laughs> I understand. I understand. What no, you're my saying. community is where all the people who have been scorned by you come <laughs> come to feel welcome and safe. <laughs> that makes that makes sense, but I mean, so Jonah, do you think this is is this a career path you're forging, or will this always be a secondary income stream, or would you love would you guys love to be doing this full time? I mean, I love like you know, uh, uh, th- it's like right now it would not be sustainable at all full time for me, much less for both of us. Uh, the numbers like the numbers have been really heartening, like the number of people who um, signed up uh, and continue to sign up for the paywalls, like. It's super dope because you like, I had no idea. I guess there's like right now, obviously there's a thing going on with newsletters kind of being in the consciousness, but just the notion, I think like Patreon is part of this as well, but like people are kind of like, and I guess even just like legacy media going behind paywalls, people are kind of like familiar with the notion that you pay for a subscription for something. And I just didn't know if that was going to be the case. Mm -hmm. So that's all been like super heartening. And, and again, it's also part of just like having that, you know, community people who use the terms like, I guess they're just excited to be behind the paywall and feel like they're part of the community in that regard too. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it, that would be super awesome. It's like the, the fucking like the, what would it be? Like the X, Y axis is trending in a cool direction. But um, even if it got to a place where I could do that full time and it does take a lot of work as it is, I still love kind of like the magazine work, sure. which happens less and less and less these days for a variety of reasons like COVID through a, Mm-hmm. Obviously, a huge fucking monkey wrench in my like, you know, typical routine of like getting in Lamborghini trucks with people and <laughs> sure <laughs> the everyday life, yeah. the everyday life. Maybe your magazine work will will come alive when you're not doing it. You know, when you don't need to rely on that money for living. Yeah, I wonder. Um, but I was just down in LA doing like an interview in like in a distance outdoors. Like that's what's dope is at least I can hop on the five. I haven't flown yet. I was talking with Chris. Um, a few weeks ago about flying. I haven't I haven't been on a plane since March. But anyway, like can get down to LA um and do interviews there. Well so, all of us all of us celebrities live here, so that's you know, right. there's a lot of profiles to be done. Who'd you who'd Angeles. you come down to LA to chat with or is that covert info? 
No, I can talk about it. It's, it. This is a piece that I've been like, I first met this dude about writing about him six years ago and it's kind of been off and on since then, but it's a big David Fincher profile that's coming. Oh, out, wow. Uh, wow. Next amazing. Month. Yeah. Okay. Or Finch, two months from now. I'm not Fincher's, sure. Fincher's really in the zeitgeist right now. What, uh, what's making you say that? I feel like I saw a big ringer thing about him, oh, like yeah, about, yeah, yeah. but it was like a ranking kind of situation. It wasn't like yes. a, a profile necessarily. Right. Um, because, yeah. Yeah. Six years is a long fucking time, bro. Yeah, I met him when he was editing Gone Girl, and uh, I was it was going to be a New Yorker profile at that point. I had an assignment from the New Yorker to write about him, and he was like, yeah, let's do it. And he's like, I'm doing this show for HBO. And then the show fell through, and the story kind of fell through. Uh, and then the Times got in touch with me at the start of the year. They're like, hey, Fincher's got a new movie coming. Why don't you holler at him? And I was like, well, as, as it happens, I tried to do this shit six years ago, but uh, I am in touch with his camp, so let's see. And this this new one is like um, it's a Netflix movie. Uh, it's a much kind of it's like it's not uh, it's not like a Gone Girl or a Dragon Tattoo. It's a much kind of like it's like his Roma. Like if if Al- mm. if Quaron went from Gravity to Roma, this is him kind of going from Gone Girl to uh, interesting. To Have you? You've, I, I assume you've seen it. Yeah, I might be one of the few people. This this is a slight flex, but it was such a strange. I drove over to Lucas um, like Skywalker Ranch up in Marin where he did the sound mixing and sat in the fucking like insane, beautiful screen, like theater at Lucas all by myself. And I might be one of the only people who sees it in the theater because of COVID. Wow. Yeah. I saw the movie. It's, um, it's not like nasty the way that we associate with a lot of Fincher shit. Like it's kind of like, um, it's not like, it's not like a, a sweet movie, but it's kind of, um, anyway, it means a lot to him because his dad wrote the script. Uh, so I think that's part of why he was, um, like, all right, fuck it. I haven't done an interview, like a big profile in years, but I'll, I'll chop it up with Jonah for this one. Well, the, the, you know, legends, blessing legends, you know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. um, Jonah, earlier Jonah, in the th- pod, well, we're not done yet, Chris. I was, <laughs> go ahead. Earlier in, <laughs> earlier in the pod, we were discussing Rage Against the Machine and Chris is a known. Um, oh yeah, I hate them. He's a rage oh, hater. No. I, was, oh, yeah. I was hoping Amazing. You, you might be able to sway sway his mind in the in a different direction okay well you got the best rapper of all time <laughs> oh who's who's the Fr- best rapper of all time De La oh, the fr- Z- oh Zach De La my god the this podcast is fucking over jonah <laughs> see i think this i think this is a, a distinction we need to make with raging machine jonah you didn't grow up listening to hardcore punk correct oh are you an inside out, an inside out guy I mean, I'm not an inside-out guy, but I just think that Rage Against the Machine has a different connotation if you grew up listening right. to punk and hardcore because right. they were they were at least for me the radio version of what I listened to. Yes, I see what you're saying. So right. it was de- it was a lot of people liked it, but I always thought it was uncool. And now I can't listen to music like that at all because it's too aggressive for me. Yeah, well, it is. The thing is, though, it's so aggressive, and yet I think there's like a there's like a Beastie Boys or like Led Zeppelin style thing where the music is so hard, but his voice is at this kind of like ad rock or Robert Planty level that kind of like softens it. Like if he had like if he had like a real mm. dudeish voice, it would be wait, it would just be. I think, I think Chris needs wild. to learn the fact that his anger is a gift, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. maybe something I should look into. But we also we don't celebrate the Beastie Boys on this podcast either, actually. Okay. Huh. Like. <laughs> okay. Like no. Okay, uh, not not even on some hater shit. Like the music just doesn't interest me. I think as like cultural oh, yeah, figures, yeah. they're incredible and like super right. important, um, and have kind of informed a lot of stuff. But I would never listen to the Beastie Boys. You know, well, look as as we've established, you guys are talking to uh, you know Staten Island bred 
uh, guest today, and I saw Rage Against the Machine and Wu Tang on their like 1997 tour. Mm. I, I, I remember that. I remember that tour. I, th- I think I might have gone to that too at the Masquerade Music Park in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm oh, almost yeah. outside, like a, a, a light outside venue, a shed, that's if cool. you will. Yeah. So that's that, that. So like no, but I see what you're saying about like. Um, so my connotation is that right? It's kind of like being a Wu Tang yeah. fan, getting into, and then just kind of like they build this bridge between them for that tour. Whereas, yeah, if I was coming from like hardcore. Who knows? That would be a whole whole other frame of reference. Well, De La Roca does live in the neighborhood. You know, Jason used to see him all the time. Oh, no shit. What part of town is he in? Glendale? Uh, Eagle Rock. Okay. You know, he used to be around around Eagle Rock, Frogtown, the whole the whole zone. Right. What um, can, what kind of what kind of car does he drive? Or did he drive? I don't know, actually. I would I would always just see him walking. You know, you know he's a walker. He'll walk on oh, a hell yeah. He'll any any street broad day, he'll just walk around so you know what would be his cool. meditative walks. Love it would be very cool if, if De La Roche had a fucking escalate with a driver. Then I would really be <laughs> fucking that would be so sick. I bet you I bet you he has some wild whips though. There's I, a, I, would, yeah. I would imagine. I would imagine. I think there's there's like a Rolling Stone story uh, on like Evil Empire where he's driving like or Battle of Los Angeles where he's driving like a something like like a Ford Explorer like a he's he's not he's not selling out with a whip in that story. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't have the Lambo truck yet, but that was a long time ago. It was it was. Uh, Jonah, thank you for joining us. Um, Dude, it's so fun. Thank you for telling us a little bit about the background. I think that's important for people to understand that you're coming at this from a very professional angle. Um, <laughs> And you've been a writer for, for a long time. And I, I am a lover of celebrity profiles, so thank you for indulging me in all the dirt. I feel a real like, treat, Jonah. I feel like with the exception of Raising Against the Machine, we got macrobiotic food. We, we all love it. Okay? <laughs> we do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We got let's 90, focus 90s on graffiti. Um, yeah. So many so celebrity profiles. I feel like, uh, you know, we got three out of four cycling. On, on this podcast. Cycling? Are you guys cycling heads? Shit. Jason uh, is. Okay. Oh shit! All right, uh, we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about caps and um, and yeah, cycling yeah. When, off, for, off mic. Uh, for Jonah Part Do nothing but fat caps and fix your cycling. No doubt. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, and Jonah, tell them so. So tell them how to subscribe and where you are on the internet and stuff. Oh yeah, um, blackbirdspyplane.com. You can subscribe to the newsletter there, and it's uh, Instagram slash uh, blackbirdspyplane. That's it. Cool. Black birds by plane spelled Turned the way you. That wasn't taken before. No one, no one had taken it. <laughs> Although I do get tagged into. There's like all these like aeronautics aficionados on Instagram who'll be like, "Man, today's a legendary day in Cold War history." Uh, Lockheed Martin unveiled the B forty five or whatever, and they'll actually tag. They, they assume that I'm like. So all I'm saying is it could have been taken. There are people out there who the, fu- who fuck mm-hmm. with the. Who fuck with it? All right, dude. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, guys. We will talk to you soon, bro. All right. Take it easy. Later, mate. Bye.